Well, hey, friends, welcome back to the Dropouts Podcast. We are one cast member down tonight, but I am here. I am Hunter. I have got Statman on the phone. We've got JT on the phone. Guys, I hope your weekend went well. I hope everybody's doing great. Everybody is bougie. Everybody is, you know, just in good spirits. How are we, JT? Man, how about them effing dogs, baby? <laughs> yes, baby. Hey. Now, now apologize. Now apologize, because Mary Beth <laughs> Smart will have none of that. Yeah, yeah, I know, man. But hey, <laughs> emotional win for the dogs in one of the the most hostile environments uh, in college football. Huge win. Absolutely huge win. It really and, was. And pretty much dominated the game they until did. the fourth quarter. Yeah, Georgia's defense is just – they're so elite. Um, not a lot happened this weekend that we didn't expect to happen except uh, the unfortunate injury to Tua Tungo Bialoba. Of course, the Alabama Crimson Tide quarterback goes down with what has now been confirmed as a – but just a horrible right hip injury. It was a right hip dislocation. If you can imagine the force that it took to dislocate his hip, uh, that's what happened to him. Not sure what caused the bleeding of the nose, if anybody's watching that game. I'm assuming his face just got drug across the – and made contact with the inside of his helmet. But he did come up with a right dislocated hip and immediately went to surgery. And according to the doctor that operated on him, he's going to have a full recovery, which is great news. Great news yeah, for him. Un- unfortunate, man. And it just, I mean, it just looked like a freak accident, man. It, just, I mean, it looked like a normal tackle. It's the same injury that happened to Bo Jackson. It's yeah. the same exact injury. The, the difference between Bo Jackson, according to the doctor, and Tua was Bo Jackson didn't think it was severe enough and kept playing. How? I don't know. But he well, did. And, and Bo Jackson kind of like, I think he, he might have severed one of his. Yeah, he had a lot of nerve damage or something in, in his also, I think. And maybe he didn't feel the pain because of the nerve damage. But basically, Bo Jackson kept playing and made uh, irreversible or created irreversible damage. Wasn't repairable. Tua's in this case was completely repairable. And he is going to make a full recovery, which is great news. Um, I hope he can play college football again. Because what, listen. Say what you want about Bama, if you're a fan or not. You got to appreciate what Tua did. Tua did for that uh, university, one of the best, oh, if not the best, Alabama Crimson Tide quarterback ever, and a great kid. You and know. just a great person comes from great stock. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you heard Statman's voice, man. This is four in a row for Statman. This is four in a row. <laughs> Still on that streak. Yeah, Corey unfortunately couldn't be with us tonight, so you know we'll make do without him. Um, we're going to go over our, our Week 12 picks because some of us, one of us, went undefeated. One of us went 12-0. We'll leave, we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll reveal that a little bit later. Um, let's talk about Bama just for a short moment. I know the knee-jerk reaction here, and I, I kind of had it myself in our text message thread, um, the curiosity of why was Tua even playing this game when clearly, probably, Bama could have won this game with Matt Jones, but – if you really step back and look at it and understand that Nick Saban knows a lot more about football than me and you and anybody else probably listening, there was a reason he was in there, and it made sense. Yeah, I'm just I, I'm just not sold on it, Hunter. Um, I, I mean, we we all know that Mac Jones could have beat 
Mississippi State. We, yeah. we all know that. And it will um, be a good experience yeah. for them. But there were things they were trying to work on to get better as a team. So I, I, I yeah. get that. Yeah, I mean, they were trying to, you know, run the two-minute, you know, hurry-up yep. offense and, and all that kind of – I get that. Mm-hmm. But, man, you just – I don't know. With, with, with so much riding on the line, I mean – I just don't know. I mean, that's that's the stuff you you work on in practice too. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the only reason that I I can think of, yeah, I I guess they wanted to work on some things, but they won't have another chance really to prove themselves to the committee before selection day. I don't know. So only thing, what if Matt only Jones shows up got, against Auburn and completely balls out? I mean, Matt Jones was a four star. There's a reason he was recruited to Bama. Now, he, yeah. granted, he's not Tua. He's not going to move around in the pocket like Tua. But who is Tua? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah I, I just – I think it was all of – they were trying to, to get them some – get the committee some eye candy to go off of. And, and really, and, you know what? And that's that sucks to me that you, this is what you have to do. Yes. To give them eye candy. I, I'm not a fan of that. I don't like the whole – I mean, the eye test is what it is. They're always going to be an eye test. But I don't – Two is just a great quarterback, and like Jason JT said, he's a great person, great kid. You can't help but root for him. So we hope, you know, if then and if you can believe it, I'm sure you guys can. Certain fan bases were actually celebrating this. You know, the t- the injury to Tua. I can only imagine. Yeah, I, I I can't get. I don't know where that comes from as a person. You know what I mean? To celebrate a kid getting hurt which could possibly be a, a career-ending injury. Yeah. Uh, come on. You know, at some point you got to say, you know what, this is bigger than football. You got to tip your hat to the kid for what he's done. I mean, look at what he did. Look at what he's done to our team alone, guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he, the, the biggest and best comeback in a national championship game. What a story, right, to come back and do that. And then his first yeah. career start at Louisville. And just the way he plays, I mean, it's unfortunate. So, thoughts and prayers with Tua. Obviously, already I posted a – or I retweeted a video earlier on our Dropouts Twitter page of him dancing in his hospital bed. So, clearly things are going well, and that's yeah. good to see. I'm sure he was, he was pretty uh, doped up, too. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I can only imagine. He probably was feeling very much pain at that moment. Yeah. Um, speaking of hospital beds, um, a UGA photography intern – Found herself in a hospital in uh, Alabama. At the, uh, she was on the sidelines for photographing the Georgia Auburn game when she was unfortunately on the uh, receiving end of a Brian Harrian collision when he was forced out of bounds on a run. And apparently, his left knee, right knee, one of his massive knees made contact with her face and pretty much knocked her unconscious. Not pretty much, it did. Yeah, she it went did. down to the ground lifeless. Very scary moment. Uh, for us watching on TV, I can only imagine what it was on the sidelines, especially for uh, Brian Harrion, who you know basically had to be pulled away from the area because of his concern for her, so that the uh, medical personnel could work. Her name was Chamberlain Smith, is Chamberlain Smith, and apparently she is expected to be perfectly okay. For those of you that are curious and haven't seen any updates on her, she um, had a black eye. She went through the concussion protocol. I think there was a possibility of orbital fracture, guys. And if you don't know how much force it takes to break your orbital, which is the bone around your eye, it's a lot. It's a lot, yeah. Yeah, because that's a really um, thick, dense bone. From um, everything that I've read, she she plans on being on the sideline this weekend. 
And yeah, and apparently she's she was released from the hospital. She didn't stay overnight or anything. Everything's good with her. She even tweeted out appreciation about the thoughts and prayers. So clearly she's okay. And uh, just a really scary moment there for a little bit on the sidelines there at the uh, Jordan-Hare Stadium. Uh, so we got that game up. You want to talk about that game? Let's talk about Georgia-Auburn. Hey, might as well. Might as well. Okay. Um, Georgia's defense is elite. There's no two ways about it. I'll go ahead and say it. It's the best defense in college football. Don't at me. Hands down. There is none better. And now and you're going to point to some people to say, well, wait a minute now. Fourth quarter, they gave up two touchdowns. Well, yeah, they went in the prevent. And let's be honest, Georgia's offense was helping our defense zero at the end towards the end of the game. They did spot the defense 21 points. Jake Fromm, three touchdowns, 100, some, 110, 115 yards through the air. Without Lawrence Tager, mind you. 110, uh, 10, 13, 13 for 28. Okay. Uh, 110 yards. Not great. I mean, let's just be honest, that's not a great stat line. I mean, three passing touchdowns is great. Against that defense, I'll take it. I no really, interceptions. No interceptions. I'll take that against Auburn's defense. And for yep. the most part, Georgia's offensive line, with the, with the exception of one sack, um, did its part. Even though Ben Cleveland and Cade Mays left with um, minor in- injuries, they held strong. And I think they only allowed one sack on the day. And uh, so we neutralized Derrick Brown and Marlon Davidson, both of which are just animals and going to be NFL players. Yeah, um, there, I see. There's a couple of plays, man. I seen them guys get tossed around like rag dolls, though. Yeah, uh, Trey Hill did that to Derrick Brown, which was really nice. Yeah, uh, and that's you know to do that to those defensive linemen. I mean, yeah. that takes some massive brute strength. It does. It does. And, uh, you know, we played well as a unit. DeAndre Swift went over 100 yards, no touchdowns. It was, they He really had to work for these yards. And that's what's starting to get concerning to me is how hard our running backs are really having to work to get their yards when in the past that's just not been the case. And this is the best offensive line we've ever had, right? I mean, would we agree with that? Uh, I mean, when you, when you look at, you know, statistically – yeah. Size-wise, you know, everything else, you know, five stars across the board. I mean, it's hard to argue that, you know, right. it's the best, o, you know, O-line that we've had. So Yeah, and, and on paper, our wide receivers are some of the most talented we've ever had. With yeah. Dominant Blaylock, George Pickens, and you got Lawrence Cager, and you got these other four and five stars, Kyrus Jackson, um, Demetrius Robertson. So what is it, guys? Is it a scheme problem? Are we, are we still – Going to point. I know we're going to point to the Florida game and say James totally called that. That's his best game of his career. Yeah, I'll take that. Really, and it was a good. It was a well coached, well called game. But if you look at Mizzou, Mizzou, and then you you look at Georgia and Auburn, and maybe we're just spoiled, or maybe we're just we're, we as Georgia fans are afraid we're getting left behind in what is the new age offense for. Um. 2019, what is now college football? These high octane air raid offenses like LSU and Bama. Um, Peter Burns said it something today on SEC this morning that really stuck with me. That if this was 1998, we'd be talking about Georgia like they were the best team in the country. Yeah. You know, but the question is, can Georgia win a national championship with this style of football? I'm not so sure that I'm convinced just yet. 
the, the thing that I was fixing to say is it's it's not 1998 anymore. No. Uh, with the amount of talent that that Georgia has on the offensive side of the ball, you should be getting you, you should be getting more than 250 total yards in a single game. You're gonna have um, to at some point. I don't I don't know if it's the blocking schemes, which I don't think Pittman would mess that up. Um, I don't know if it's just the lack of creativity in the play calling. I don't know if it's. I I just I don't I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to pinpoint. But the, as each week goes by, it's getting easier to see. It's not a talent problem, guys. Even oh, though, man. that's what I'm saying. With all this talent, there's there's no reason why we shouldn't be putting up. Right. Gaudy numbers on offense. But if we're looking at it from an objective standpoint and from 10,000 feet, Jake Fromm has regressed. He is no longer, in my opinion, a first-round draft pick. If I'm a, if I'm an NFL scout, yeah, I see the changes he made to the line of scrimmage. Cool. But I've also watched a regression. If he's he's a quarterback, if he's there in the third, fourth round, that's, that's when I take him. Right. But he, he's definitely – not one of the top four, top five quarterbacks in the country. Not in this anymore. class. Not in this class. And you have to look at this, too. Our running game has also regressed, despite the talent that we have. So if one can't help but look at it, it's a schematic problem. It's a steam problem. It's a steam problem. It's a problem that either James Coley just simply doesn't know how to use the talent that we have, or he's just like Statman said, there's no creativity in the game plans at all. And maybe that's the way Kirby wants it. There's still that theory floating around that Kirby's showing just enough. We're going to do just enough on offense to get us by. I don't. He doesn't care about sparks. He doesn't care about eye candy. He that's, wants exactly, to do, that's exactly what I was fixing to say. But we, we are, listen, we are controlling the ball. We are not turning it over. Right. We well, do just we do just enough. That mindset got us though already one time this year. It it has, but I mean, do you want everything that we do out there on film? At week twelve, at week twelve, yeah, I do. We, yeah, we, uh, well, week twelve against the top a uh, top twelve team in now, the country. Yeah, I I mean I I I don't know, guys. I mean, it's, because it's. Going Look, into it, this week it, with Auburn, there was no guarantee we're going to Atlanta. You had to get through Auburn first. That was step one. Dominated up until though we didn't give ourselves enough cushion. Hey, listen, I'm still not over the prayer at Jordan Hare, and that was what five years ago, <laughs> right? Uh, you know what I mean? So yeah. Auburn, and that was the least of their miracles, like in that time frame, you know, because you had the kick six and all that stuff. I mean. I, I'm sorry. Oh. I just I didn't feel comfortable there at the end. I was convinced like they're going to come back. They're going to do this. Bo Nix has found a stride. Our the reason why Bo Nix found a stride was because he got comfortable because we went to a zone defense. We did go to zone. Yeah, we played, a little, played a little more prevent than we should have. We should have been more in man coverage, press coverage. Like we're before. we're not near as good in zone. Of course, I don't know many teams that are. Um, not this day and age. It's right. hard to play. I just, I just yeah. don't understand how why why change things up when you've shut the team out the whole entire game. You're up 21 points. Why, if they burn you 
I want to play here or there. It's a big deal. Right. But giving up chunks of yards at the time. Well, in a zone type defense also, you you give you give your defensive backs you know, you give them yeah, I mean, a little bit of a rest. Keep everything in front of you in zone defense. Right. I understand that. Um but then my whole thing is is why not play the same aggressive style of defense that you've been playing the whole game to try and get that shut out or to keep them I mean, I I get you. I mean, we we were gassed in the fourth quarter. And that's and you know what you got to point to with that? It ain't the prevent. It's because right. our offense kept going with three and out, three and out, three and out. We could not move the ball. But in the you quarter. want me to tell you? You want me to tell you who the biggest weapon we had on the field was? Jake Camarda. Finally, yeah. I mean, but look, you don't ever know what Jake Camarda you're getting though. I, big game. And he showed up. He did, and I and I pat him on the back. He he was he was great. An, an average of fifty point seven yards. Yeah, great. That's a great number. A yeah. And when you, when you can when you don't have when when he's able to just absolutely bomb the ball and not have to pin it inside of the ten or the twenty, then he's the best punter in the country. Yep. And he can just sit back there and just put his foot through the ball. But he had some kicks inside. I know he had one inside the five. It was like down at the one or the two. Had yeah. opportunity for another one, but I think he had like three kicks inside the fifteen yard line. Yeah, he, he did really well. He did really well. There was a couple. There was one punt maybe. He didn't. That wasn't very good. We punted a lot in this game. But it's, uh, yeah, we flip. We flipped the field though. This is this is my biggest concern going forward is in this game we only had 16 first downs and we were three of 15 on on third down yeah, but I mean, you know what we didn't kick a dad gum field goal no we punted nine times I mean, though we were, punt. we were yeah. punting the ball yeah I, I would take field goals over punts any day well, yeah i'm not i'm I'm concerned i'm still concerned about the offense i know we're winning i know what's happening we were 21 to nothing against that defense i'll take it best defense probably we faced all season would we all agree and that's what, and that's what I think that I mean, Kirby is pretty much yeah. You know, take your shots when we got the shots. You know, if we can break one on the on the outside, you know, or whatever, great. But if we can't get it, then kick the ball, hand it over to the defense who has been lights out. Yeah, but they're gonna have to find a way to stay on the field a little bit longer, like they did at Florida. They stayed on yeah. the field, and they were able to convert on third down. Like Statman said, you cannot be 3 of 15 or whatever it was. And, I, I mean, you can because we won. I get that. But we got to be able to score points. That that connection from Jake Fromm to Dominic Blaylock was beautiful. You couldn't have threw it any better. And Dominic Blaylock almost missed it. Just about. He all, almost missed that pass. But he got it. Yes, he did. And yes, he did. The problem is, too, is I have not, I've yet to see – a season. This is a junior season for Jake Fromm. He is missing a lot of wide open receivers. Yeah, he's done this several times this year, which is why I say he's regressed. Which is why I can't help but point to the scheme. And I don't know if it's smart handcuffing Coley, if it's Coley just has no imagination whatsoever, and he's hitting the ass Madden button because he has he doesn't know what else to do. I don't know. Well, but, our receivers, you know, from watching watching these past couple of games, our receivers, man. We have really, really good receivers. Oh, we do. We have excellent receivers. We have a young but, receiver. Matt Landers needs to stay on the bench, um, as far as I'm concerned. 
Tyler Simmons. Tyler Simmons. Oh, yep, Tyler Simmons as well. Also, but this this is my. They're talented. They're still getting. They're still having trouble getting separation because of their generic routes. But when they do get separation, Jake Fromm has to hit those open throws, and he was missing up against Notre Dame. He was missing up against Missouri. Yeah. He missed a couple against. Uh, I can't. Even, the who was it? He was missing. He missed a couple against South Carolina. I know for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's he's missed a bunch of open throws this year. Yeah, just like Hunter said, and there's been a but our, our 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 routes, uh, you know, are just so, you know, just yeah. I, I don't know. No man. no hitching goes. No curls. It's just you know, let's run down the field and maybe try to cut across or you know run a post. Yeah, but fly. I mean, if you look at LSU's routes, they're not running super sophisticated routes on occasion they will but when they have this four wide receiver set five wide receiver set you can't have all these sophisticated routes yeah but my god when you're six five i mean just throw it anywhere well i know but i mean the point is is at some point we gotta we gotta stop saying well it's just it's generic routes the routes are fine for the Mm -hmm. most part these kids just they haven't lsu's receivers are getting separation right Major and, well, there's a lot of 50-50 balls on There are. Football. Then there that is that is correct. There are quite a few. They're winning the 50-50 balls 75% of the time because right. they're 6 5 and Yeah, six, they're big five. guys. And and they're and they're fun to watch and we have that kind of talent. George Pickens is that kind of talent. Blaylock is that kind of talent. Uh I like Kyrus Jackson. I think he's a great talent. We've got talent yeah. coming in with Marcus Roseme and Justin Robinson. Um and Corey Wren, who's super fast. He's not tall. But he's kind of an Anthony Schwartz type player. Yeah. Who, by the yeah. way, Georgia's defense did an excellent job of keeping him bottled up. Oh um, yeah. You know, so we have the talent. I just don't think the experience is there yet, and maybe that's why the the routes are generic, as you're saying, and they're not sophisticated, because as you know, the speed of the game from high school to college is way different, especially in the SEC. Just yeah. ask Jacob Eason; he said as much. The speed of the game was just different. Um, but, you know, Georgia ends up winning a lot. There was They won a lot with this game. They didn't just win the East. They Kirby showed he can win against the SEC West on the road. Right? That was significant. Yeah. Uh, we keep our playoff hopes alive against arguably the best defense we faced all season. This is the third. Oh, they're, they're, they're right. I mean, they, they are right there with Georgia's defense. Sure. I mean, they are – I, the, I will say this. The it, secondary is not as good, but I, I will say this: they'll they're they're the best defense that we'll face. Period at all this season. Yes, playoff correct. or no playoff. Correct. That is correct. I and, agree with that. And and we and we scored twenty one points against. And them. we scored twenty one. We could have and, gotten more. And gave up one sack. I and, mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's. That's and you know you, that that we got to give credit to Sam Pittman and those boys that's on the offensive line because we, we've been banged up pretty much all season. There's been a lot of rotation. Cade Mays has literally played every position on the offensive line. He's also yeah. played fullback. He's also played tight end. Just a ver- versatile kid, and I love that he's on our team. And Georgia's just—I don't know—they got to stretch their legs. And I'm, I'm nervous about A and M. We'll get into all that a little bit because A and M's red hot right now, and um, they have a pretty good. Defense as well. They can score points. They've not faced a defense like ours. I mean, they have faced Bama. Of course, they lost. 
but Bama's defense is kind of watered down in regards to what it has been in the past. It's still very good, very good, but I don't think it's as good as Georgia's. I don't think they have the speed. Oh, no. Um, no, I, I, don't, I don't think there's a defense in the country like Georgia's. Not no. not trying to be not trying to be biased or anything like that. No, no, no. It's just a simple fact. It really is. Yeah. They, one rushing touchdown through twelve weeks of football. Get out of here. I mean, that's a, that's an insane stat. And that was just a, that was a heck of an effort too. It was. It know, and Bo Nix made a great play. Yeah. yeah. Um, hey, let's talk LSU real quick. I, I, I'm I'm fully convinced, and I agree with a lot of people what they're saying that hey, Georgia has a shot to beat LSU. They really do. Uh, absolutely. And this is going to be the matchup of the season: LSU's supercharged offense versus Georgia's super elite defense. Can't wait to see it. Right. I'm mm-hmm. I'm pumped about it. I'm fired up. And According I can't. To everybody that I that, that I've heard from and talked to, LSU is going to wipe the floor with Georgia. And it's possible though. I mean, it's possible, but it's also possible that we beat them, and it's very possible. Sure, it's a whole. It's I I give us a better chance to beat LSU than I would have to beat Alabama. And it's just that that they have kind of a a Big Twelve defense. It's an SEC version of a Big Twelve defense. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah, we'll out for you. But I was watching SEC this morning. After I actually watched, it was funny. I watched the replay of the LSU Ole Miss game this morning, and then I Dude. watched the SEC the replay of SEC this morning. And John Rice Plumley ran rampant. Yeah, he had like two hundred no, Yeah, four I mean, four rushing yeah. touchdowns. Yeah, he was yeah. he was fantastic. But he also threw some picks. Yeah. That old Miss home, there was never a question that LSU was going to win. Like, I was never concerned that LSU wasn't going to win. But Ole Miss made it more interesting than I thought they would. And what I'm getting at here is this, and they said this on the show after I thought about it. I wish I had done something like tweeted it or something before this, but I didn't. Old Miss's showing against LSU's defense was the worst possible thing for Georgia. Worst possible thing. Because now Dave Aranda has all this time to make all these adjustments, and you can guarantee that LSU defense will not be that unprepared and out of position and out of sync again the rest of the season. Well, we don't have a running quarterback either. Doesn't matter. We got a, we got five running backs that can do that. And they will pound the ball. You you can't – I mean, you're, you're not going to teach them how to just tackle overnight. No, but I this mean, is Grant Delpit, man. Grant Delpit, Christian Fulton, these, Derek Stingley. These are really super talented kids. I think they just – I don't know if they didn't take it serious or they were just out of – they weren't prepared. But they didn't play like the tighter defense. Now, I'm not saying – obviously, LSU's defense is not what it has been in years past. Same story with Bama, right? They're not. They're not elite. But – I look for them to play a lot better. They have a couple tune-up games. Their last SEC West game is against Arkansas. I mean, you know what I mean? You barely got to break a sweat against Arkansas right now. They have yeah, pretty that much. Might not be, that might not be good for them either. For for what? For LSU? For LSU to have yeah. an Arkansas tune-up it's a, it's a tune-up, man. You know what I mean? They're going to run through this. There's, there's no chance of a – it's not even on our pickums this week. I mean, it's not, there's, no, there's no reason to even look at it because LSU is going to win this game. Arkansas is clocked out. They're, they're, they're done. 2020, yeah. maybe they'll try again. But th- their season's over with. They're not even going to a bowl. It's pretty ridiculous. Chad Morris is gone. You know what I mean? It's 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 shenanigans. 
I think they should just wait until maybe like 2030 to try again. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, you never know. Hugh Freeze may come back and, and be the coach of the Razorbacks. That's uh, one of the names I've seen thrown out. Yeah. Along with Sam Pittman. You stay away from Sam Pittman. There. Yeah, you stay away from our pit boss down here. Yeah, I don't think he's doing anywhere, guys. He loves Georgia. Anyway, um, but Ole Miss exposed LSU. They really did. And when I say Ole Miss offense, I mean Jerion Ely and – John Rice Blumley, who was a Georgia commit for a long time. Um, fantastic little athlete, man. He he was just fast. I didn't realize how fast he was. Very fast. He made yeah. every single he made LSU secondary pay for their bad angles. And that was really a that was really a lot of it. They were out of position, they took bad angles with the ball, and they couldn't get him because he was so fast. What was their total? Did was it like it was over six hundred total yards that they had, <laughs> I don't know. Yards offense? Uh, I don't. Ole Miss? I'm not sure. I know LSU had over 300 before the half. I want to say that Ole Miss had over 600 total yards of offense. Yeah. Um, Statman is statting it. As yeah, we got you. Joe Burrow yeah. did end up throwing two picks in that game. Uh, LSU had 714 total yards, God. and Ole Miss had 614. So, uh, I oh mean, my God, it's man. like watching. Oklahoma it's like a Watson Big State. Twelve game. Yeah. Oh my God. I, I think Georgia stands a good chance to beat LSU, and it's, I, I'm so fired up about this matchup. I'm more fired up about this one than I was last season when they were playing Alabama. I don't know yeah. why. Maybe it's because yeah. I feel more confident. But they have Georgia's going to have to. They got to take care of business, A and M. They really do. They can't overlook A&M, and I don't think they will because A&M is dangerous. I had, remember we talked about this game before the season started. This is the we one did. that I had circled. We did, but we also thought A&M was going to be better than they were. They're not bad, though. They've, they're they ranked right now. They've fought their way back. They're on a four-game win streak. Look for them to come in and try to play spoiler. And Georgia knows this. Georgia knows the Aggies are going to try to disrupt the playoff scenario. Dude, our, I think our guys are on a straight-up, Mission and we're banged up too. You know, we yeah. need Lawrence Cager to be healthy. That's just I, I, I just say hold hold him out until Atlanta. We made it. And we I'm may not, need him I'm against A and M. I don't know. I'm not talking about the Georgia Tech game. I'm talking no. about the one against LSU. I'm, yeah, I'm, I, I think we need to play mailman against Tech. Personally, yeah, you know, give them give them give them all <laughs> rest. Let Zeus get some carries against Tech. You know, yeah. rest them other guys, get them, get them healthy. Yeah, I agree. And uh, tech is no the, threat. Uh, no, just call it no. What it is. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's that's a sad time yeah. there in uh, in the uh, trade school, the North <laughs> Trade School there. Hey, we're gonna take a short break, and we're gonna come back. We're gonna hear from our sponsors, and then uh, we're gonna come back and we'll review Week Twelve. Oh, wait a minute! And before we do that, though. Uh, JT, you have something you need to get off of your chest. Something grinded your gears, got your goat this weekend with the George Auburn game. Oh my gosh! Let man. them have it. Did it ever get my goat and grind my gears, or whatever else you want to say? I mean, golly! All right, Auburn fans, Auburn fans, Auburn fan base, Auburn University athletics, and your videographer, whoever you are. I don't know who decided or who thought it was a good idea to put replays of dirty hits by Nick Fairley on Aaron Murray uh, 10 years ago, mind you, 
talk about living in the past, mm-hmm. you know, we always get talked about, you know, 1980 guys, 1980, you know, blah, 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 blah. I, I'm sorry. That's kind of living in the past. If you're going all the way back to Nick Fairley and Aaron Murray, but to put that on your video board and replay it over and over and over to get your fans pumped up. Are you referencing you know, the, the, the late hit on Aaron Murray? Uh, the dirty hits, yeah, the late hit, okay. the, the spear in the back, the the hit on the knee, you know, right. just and 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 they also put one of Kirby on there getting trucked, I think too. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, to do this, if if this is what it takes to get your fans pumped up and your players pumped up, I'm sorry, I'm just going to put this out here. Um, and if we have any Auburn listeners, I'm sorry. I'm fixing to hurt your feelings. But that sucks. And your program sucks. And your coaching staff sucks. Um, <laughs> and, I mean, I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, that's just that's, that's, that's awful. It's yeah. terrible. It, it, pretty um, much, let's narrow this down then. If you were an Auburn fan and you enjoyed that, you know, that's this is for you. If you thought it was tasteless, and then good for you. Yeah, and, and 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 I will tell you this. I read an article of of Nick Fairley's hits on Aaron Murray. Aaron Murray Aaron Murray wrote this article. Uh it was in, it was an interview actually. And they asked Aaron Murray about it. And Aaron Murray actually contemplated quitting football after that particular game against Nick Fairley. Because he was getting drilled that seems so hard. Little, that seems a little dramatic. Come on, A.A. Ron. Well, I mean, you know, who knows? I mean, he was little. He was a freshman, man. He was <laughs> yeah. little. So, yeah. so Ben Jones, we all know Ben Jones, uh, New England Patriots Super Bowl winner. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, uh, no, I'm sorry. That's not Ben Jones. Ben Jones plays for the Texans, doesn't he? He did. I don't know if he plays in there anymore. Okay. Anyway, uh, I'm sorry, David Andrews. I was t- I was thinking about you, buddy. Sorry. Uh, ben Jones uh, was the center at the time, and he come back to the huddle after an altercation with Nick Fairley, and Aaron Murray was fixing to call a play. Well, Ben Jones opened up his hand and had some of Nick Fairley's dreadlocks in his hand. And Aaron was like, okay, Ben, what do you want me to do with these? I got a call playing here like 10 seconds. So Ben Jones takes the dreadlocks, puts them in his pants, and (laughs) keeps them there until after the game. They get back to Athens, and Aaron Murray says that Ben Jones took those dreadlocks and tied them to his ceiling fan. So, you know, I thought that was a pretty funny that's story. A little, that's, a, that's weird what that is. <laughs> but, you know, I'm sorry. I, 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 I'm sorry, Auburn. Uh, just come on, guys. Yeah. Get a little, get a, get, get a little bit of class with could've, you, man. Could have been a little better there. You know, act like you've been there before, you know. Yeah. I've met you're, some you're, really, really great Auburn fans. You know, just like I've met some, and I've met some bad Auburn fans. It's like I've met some bad Georgia fans. Believe me, we got them. Oh yeah, we got them too. Oh yeah. So with that, somebody, you know, JT's goat has been got. 
in this past yeah, week. But yeah, thanks thanks for letting me get that off my chest because yeah, you know, that, that that really uh yeah, Gus Malzahn should be ashamed. Absolutely. Well, of course it might have been his idea. Who no, knows? I don't know. I think he's more concerned with his job at this point. All right, so again, we're gonna take a quick sponsor timeout, and then we'll be back on the other side of this. We'll review our week twelve. We'll reveal to you who was undefeated for this past week, and we'll get into some week thirteen. Be right back. Hey guys, this episode of the Dropouts Podcast is brought to you by our friends over at JD's Landscaping and Irrigation. They are the professionals when it comes to your landscaping projects. Give them a call. Call Trey Heath, 912-271-6320. They can and will meet all of your landscaping needs with expertise. Our other sponsor for this show is brought to us is brought to you by Backwoods Customs Georgia out of Odom, Georgia. They are the authorized Rhino Liner dealer. Now, what is Rhino Liner, you ask? Rhino Linings is the world leader in sprayed-on truck bed liners and the bed liner brand most asked for by name. They offer the widest selection of professionally installed bed liner products, including Hardline, Tough Grip, and their brand new Solar Max, which provides outstanding UV protection and color that's built right into the chemistry, unlike other leading brands. Now, they don't just spray your truck beds. Nah, they do boats, they can do ATVs, they can do your Jeep, they do coolers. They do everything pretty much you can put a spray liner on. These guys can do it. So give them a call. You got Timothy Heard at 912-424-0565 and then Ryan Harrison at 912-402-3534. Again, that's Backwoods Customs, Georgia. We really, really appreciate their sponsorship. They're great guys out of Odom, Georgia. Give them a call. Backwoods Customs, Georgia. Again, thank you guys for listening. All right, big thank you to both of our sponsors. Uh, we really appreciate uh, them being a part of our show and helping us bring our show to you, the listeners. So thank you to you for being the listeners. We really appreciate it. appreciate you. And uh, find us on Twitter. We're really active there. Find us on Facebook. Don't forget to subscribe to our shows, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you find podcasts. We're there, too. Just, just subscribe, please. Hit the button. Even if you don't listen to us very much, just subscribe. Help a brother out. We really, uh, we really enjoy doing this. Um, so week twelve, pretty good with our picks, guys. All of us did really well. All of us hey, did really good. There was good. one individual that did extremely well. One individual that was perfect on the week. He went twelve and zero, and that was your boy. Pretty impressive. Oklahoma pretty impressive. bailed me out. Yes, they did. <laughs> that one was teetering. I gotta be honest with you. Oklahoma Ooh. bailed me out on that one. So, Man, I just this is the second time this season that you should have put money up somewhere. Yeah, the, yeah, but no kidding. Right? The other one was the Georgia Florida game when I when I was dead on with the score. So they had a little a little twelve team parlay going on. There. Yeah. Hey, we need to go to Vegas, Hunter. We need to go back to Vegas. Oh, I don't know, man. That because <laughs> in there I start I start thinking on a whole different level. <laughs> then I won't trust my uh, my intuition, and I'll be placing bets on Troy. You know. <laughs> you just got to keep the same focus, man. Yeah. Sure we won this weekend, too. So, uh, everybody yeah. was above 500. Everybody did really well. Um, JT, you were 10 and 2, man. Sweet. Yeah. Corey's not here. He was 9 and 3. Uh, Statman, you were also 10 and 2. 
Nice. Yeah, so let's review. Michigan State played Michigan. Michigan, of course, won. Penn State uh, beat Indiana, but Indiana kept that one interesting. Gave them, yeah, gave them a bit of a gave them a bit of trouble. Uh, yeah, I, I got to be Indiana honest. Has, Indiana has one of the top offenses in the Big Ten this year. They're they're putting up some yards, and they they play fast and loose. Yeah, I mean it was a seven point difference. They covered the spread, so somebody wants some money in Indiana. You know, yeah. So it was interesting. Uh, Michigan, of course, Michigan's been on fire, man. Forty-four ten over Michigan State. Of course, Michigan State is awful. But, yeah, they are. But Dude, Michigan took care of business. Um, Navy at Notre Dame. This was a trendy upset pick for whatever reason. I don't know why. Well, uh, because the last seven times that Notre Dame has been picked, yeah, as a single-digit favorite, Navy has won outright. Well, they didn't this time. Navy got crushed 52-20. to 20. Ian Book played phenomenal football. Um, this was one that got Corey. This is the Iowa State-Texas game. We all picked Iowa State to win with the exception of Corey. He wanted to go hook him horns, and they burned him. Tried to tell him. Tried to tell him. He, he didn't. It didn't happen for him. Uh, I'm trying to look up the score over that one now. That was a uh, 23-21. Iowa Iowa State ended up taking that one away. Um, it's hard to beat Iowa State at home. It just is. Yeah, it is. So, Ames is a tough place, man. Yep. We talked about Oklahoma Baylor. Oklahoma came in as a 10-point favorite. Um, they trailed like 31-17 and deep into the third quarter. It was not looking good. Statman went with Baylor. Um, Oklahoma pulled it back out. Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I was feeling pretty good about that one in the first half. Yeah, yeah I bet I, she was. I don't what I don't I don't because I didn't stay up and watch it. Um, until I got like the update on my phone, I was like, "Holy cow, what happened?" Um, it, did did you stay up and watch it? No, I monitored the score. I, I really didn't stay up and watch it. I don't think it was a late game. I think it was a was a noon game, wasn't it? No, it no, was. Yeah, it was it. Come on, yeah, yeah, come on. It come on after the uh, Georgia Auburn game. No, I actually um, didn't watch it. I, like I said, I kind of was stemming back and forth. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what happened to. Uh, I don't know what happened to Baylor, man. They just. They uh, just got, Jalen Hurts was, happened to Baylor. I was listening to it on my phone. I was at work uh, watching it when I when I could. Um, they just they, Oklahoma's talent level just took over. Baylor is a good football team, but they don't have the talent level of Oklahoma. No. And I mean, even with CD Lamb out, they still got some receivers. Mm-hmm. And it just, like I said, talent level just took over. And then, and then uh, Oklahoma came up with a big interception right there at the end of the game to uh, salt it. Well, there you go. Yeah, they were they were all over Hertz in that first half. I mean, just yeah. they made them work. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and and just I don't know, man. It just I guess like. Uh, Statman said they just their talent level just took over, and uh, that was all she wrote for the old Baylor Bears. Oh yeah. So this is one we were house divided on this one. This was Minnesota Golden Gophers going into Kinnick Stadium to face the Hawkeyes. Me and Statman, I believe, uh, were in agreement that Iowa was going to win, while JT and Corey were high on the Golden Gophers. Uh, Iowa was favored by three; they won by four. Yeah, and and I went 
you know, I went with the Golden Gophers, man, because, you know, hey, I just wanted to give them an opportunity. Yeah. Iowa's another one of those teams that is hard to beat at home, and I don't – Hard to it's, hard to beat at home. There's yeah. no explanation it's, for it other than the fact that the Hawkeye fans are just amazing. It's hard to win in the state of Iowa. Let's just, let's just, let's just say that. Yeah. Maybe so. Uh, Florida went to Como, and we were also house divided here. Uh, Florida was favored by seven. They won 23-6. to six. Uh, Statman, what did you pick? You picked Mizzou to win, and JT picked, picked Mizzou. Yeah. yeah. Figured they would have, I figured they would have uh, showed up a little more than than they did. Of course, the score was, I mean, they didn't really, like, kill them. At, uh, Kyle but, Trash I mean, had a really good third quarter. Kyle Trash yeah. put together a really good third quarter. They were a little rough at the start of the game, but there was never, I never had any doubt that, Maybe in the first quarter I was thinking, okay, wow, good job, Mizzou. We're going to make this a game. And they just couldn't get it done, man. And yeah. Mizzou's just – And I think, I, I think Dan Mullet was just concerned about uh, War Eagle. Um, yeah. After, you know, yeah. you know he, was, he was more concerned with another team more yeah, than his I was, own. I was talking about that with a buddy of mine. I, I told him, I said, if Kirby Smart ever says anything like that, War Eagle, Roll Tide, Go Gators, no. anything You're not like going to hear that. I hope he gets fired on the spot. That that that's, was a little bit awkward and odd. I mean, come on. <laughs> that's you just you just don't do that no. as a, as a head coach. You just don't you just, especially in a SEC you know opponent. You you just you just don't do that. I mean, I understand that he was wanting them to win because that would kind of help them out as far as sure. the East race goes and everything. But you know, see. You got to say something like, "Hey, we need help. You know, we just need somebody to help us out." You yeah. don't come out and give a war chant cry of the opponent in the SEC. Yeah, it was a little weird. But well, all, you know, that aside, Dan Mullet, Dan Mullet is weird. That aside, the Gators had a good season, uh, improved on last season. Um, we'll see what happens next season. Kyle Trask, Kyle Trask still has a year of eligibility. However, you still have Emory Jones. Who is talented but small? He can get he can get some stuff done with his legs, but he's not very big. Um, going to lose a lot of guys on defense. They're going to lose a lot of guys on defense. They're going to lose a lot of guys on offense. Um, was, and then they got was, some talent coming in on the quarterback position. So he's got he's got quite the conundrum. On I was his, looking uh, at uh at at Dan Mullen's recruiting classes th- today. Yeah. For the last two years since he's been at Florida. Um, one five star that he didn't recruit. 34 four stars and 35 three stars. Yeah. That that's not really a uh a reloading type of nobody recruit. nobody wants to play for him. He's a clown. Yeah. I mean, he's 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 pulled in some talent. Yeah. But that's that's not talent that you would call we don't rebuild, we reload. That that's that's not it. Yeah, well, and we'll see what he does. We'll see what he does. I mean, he didn't get it done this year. He needed help to get the East one. Georgia locked it down for the third year in a row. Again, this was a good game. Florida did what they had to do to win. I never really had any doubt they were going to win. Um, never had any doubt about the next game either. The Bama-Mississippi State with the unfortunate injury to Tua. Alabama won 38-7. Never was in question. We all were unanimous there. Um, we were all surprisingly unanimous against Kentucky and Vandy. 
We all pick Kentucky to win. Of course, Kentucky does win 38-14 because Vandy is so bad. I don't even know what <laughs> they are word. like. I think George Southern could probably beat them. Yeah, probably so. I wouldn't doubt yeah. it. Um, yeah, really South Carolina do. lost to A&M 30-6. Uh, A&M took care of business. We all picked Texas A&M to win except for Corey for some weird reason. Yeah, with, yeah I don't understand that Yeah, <laughs> so shame on you, Corey. You deserve to lose that one. Um, LSU, <laughs> we mentioned LSU, Ole Miss. LSU took care of business in a big way, 58-37. But that scoreboard does not really indicate how much fun that game was to watch because Ole Miss, make it, they kept it interesting. Ole Miss had some talent uh, on, on the if offense. It's, if it's so much Ole Miss kept it interesting as John Rice Plumley kept it well, interesting. Yeah, so, he did a lot of the work. I mean, the kid, the kid just he took over that ball game. 28 of the 37 points were John Rice Plumley. He rushed for four yeah. touchdowns, and the rest were field goals. So Yeah, that's that's uh, that's insane. Yeah. It really it, is. It would, yeah. Nice, it would be nice to have him in a, in a Georgia uniform for next season. Yeah, it would have been. Uh, speaking of Georgia, they won 21-14, effectively locking down the SEC East. They also keep the playoff hopes alive. Uh, our score predictions, I said 27-20, so I was a little off this week uh cory was pretty close 28 14 so good score prediction um jt had 30 to 20 and Statman had 38 17 because i don't know why but he did and that was and a confident I, score I, I, we're, we're not, well, I explained that all when i said yeah. it. we're not gonna do that that's, yeah. that's all right that <laughs> was i mean that's confidence yeah he doesn't want to revisit that it, it clearly did not happen no that's all right all right, we're going to do some Week 13. There's some interesting matchups, and then there's some. Uh, this is a lot of where the SEC are playing some more cupcakes. Not a lot going on in the SEC outside of Georgia, Texas A&M. And so, in fact, uh, Florida has a bye week. Um, I think Vandy has a bye week. Or, no, Kentucky has a bye week. The only other matchup that's, that is uh, SEC is the first one we're going to talk about, and that's Tennessee at Como. Mizzou is favored by five right now. And mind you, these lines are probably going to shift uh, as the week progresses. However, this is what it is right now on CBS Sports. So appreciate them for giving us the stat lines. But right now, Tennessee, is, or sorry, Mizzou is favored to win by five. The over-unders at 45 and a half. I am going with Tennessee. Yes, I'm going with the balls. Okay. Well, I mean, golly, I was going to go with Tennessee, but give Missouri. You're never going to win anything with that attitude, sir. You can you can always go with the same pick. No, the reason I say I that is just Tennessee has found its stride on defense. I'm I'm going Missouri. I'm picking Missouri. I'm All different. Right. I'm going to be different on that. That's fine. He's gonna he's gonna go with Missouri until they prove us wrong. Until Kelly Bryant. Hey, listen. I started this season high on Mizzou, man. And oh, we all did. They they got me. <laughs> they got me. Uh, one of one of the one of our uh, people that we interviewed was high on Mizzou. That was uh, Mike Johnson. Yeah, he well, was high it was on quite Mizzou. a few people before the season started looked at Mizzou and looked at the situation with Kelly Bryant. Barry Odom's a good coach. They got a lot of talent, and this is a team with nothing to lose and a chip on the shoulder on account of the sanctions. So yeah, look for this team to wreck somebody's season, and then Wyoming happened. And Hunter, uh, I just wanted to mention something. You know, we had talked, uh, and and I, I I hope that Chris Marler listens to our podcast because this is directed <laughs> right at him. Oh, um, 
I really do believe that he is a closet UGA fan. <laughs> Absolutely. I think he, he really has, he has a lot of respect for UGA. He is all Bama, but he does respect UGA. He loves Athens. He absolutely loves yeah, He raves well, about Athens on the podcast. That's and, what I'm saying. If you like Athens, uh, some yeah. of that's going to leak into you, you know? Yeah, he you know has a saying? healthy respect for him. And for those of you who don't know who we're talking about, Chris Marler is one of the it's one half of the Saturday Down South podcast. Fantastic podcast. Uh, him and Connor O'Gara. Please, by all means, I don't. we don't care if we're advertising for another one. Um, they're part of the reason we got into doing what we're doing because we enjoyed listening to what they do so much. So go check them out. They're fun. Really cool. Uh, they do a lot better job with the like deep dive, advanced statistics than we do because that's what they get to do for a living. Can you imagine? It's amazing. Yeah, that'd be fun, wouldn't it? Yeah. All right, so speaking of fun, this next matchup has me fired up. This is finally the matchup we both, we, we've all been wanting to see for Ohio State. Penn State travels to Ohio State. Ohio State is favored by 18, which is a really weird and annoying stat line or a line over and under is at 56 and a half. This line will shift guaranteed. I believe it's probably going to go up in favor of Ohio State. I'm going Buckeyes. Yeah. Um, uh, Ohio State's going to cover. Yeah. I'm going to be the oddball, man. I'm going with the I'm going with the Nittany Lions. Mm. 12 p.m. kickoff at Ohio State. I don't know. I don't know about that. Yeah. And again, I expect this line to shift, even if it does go down to say seventeen and a half, sixteen. Ohio State still to recover, but even if it goes up to 21, 21 and a half, I would still say Ohio State's to recover. Yeah, but we all know what happened the last time Justin Fields faced a credible defense. Um, they blew them out. They uh, <laughs> not the first half they didn't, and they made adjustments. So yeah. I think Penn State's defense might be a little better than Wisconsin's. Yeah, maybe um, so. It's gonna be exciting. So we'll, uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna go with the Nittany Lions, man. Right. I don't hate it. I, I'm okay with that. Uh, Michigan will take on Indiana. Indiana will be riding high on keeping it close with, with Penn State. Michigan is favored by eight and a half. Fifty-one and a half is the over/under. I have no choice here, but I'm going with the Wolverines. It's tempting to go with an upset here. It really is. Yeah, where are they playing that game? They're playing in Indiana. And, Indiana. Ooh, that's no home field advantage. No. Yeah, but they got they got a high powered offense. Um, I think Indiana is probably they're probably going to do the same thing. They're probably going to keep it close, but I think Big Blue is going to come through yeah. in the end. I think they're going to do just enough that uh, they're gonna they're gonna get the W on that one. Yeah, Indiana hasn't faced a quarterback like <laughs> Shea Patterson just yet, so and I think. He's a, he's a very very good quarterback. Who, um, you, who you got there, uh, stat man? Shea Patterson is coming off of a game where he threw for 384 yards and four touchdowns. Yep. Um, Michigan's hot. Uh, give, give me give me the Wolverines. All right. So far, that's, hey, we're three in, and that's the first time we've been in agreement. And I think we're going to be divided on this next one too. And I'm not going to tell you who I pick until afterwards. Texas is going to Baylor. Longhorns are going to be in Waco. Uh, Baylor actually favored by five and a half. The over-under is at 60 and a half. This line will probably shift down. Who you got? Um, yeah, give, give me the, the, the pissed-off Baylor Bears 
Yeah, okay. I like against, against a six and four Texas team who's back, according yeah, to Sam Ellinger. I yeah, I, I like the Bears in that one. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna uh, really come out and put some numbers up on on Texas. Well, darn, we're all in agreement there. We're in lock unity. Or we're now, in unity. Texas does. They lost all my respect a few weeks ago when when they uh, you know, lost like their tenth game of the season. <laughs> all right so this isn't not this again mind you there's not a lot of exciting games going on past the baylor texas oklahoma or uh, and then ohio state and penn state so oregon is traveling to arizona they're going to play arizona state the sun devils uh oregon is of course favored by 14 and a half the overrunners at 54 and a half i am going with the ducks of eugene in this game and i take them to cover arizona state uh, yeah. Her and coach got Coach Herm Edwards up there. You know, you you play to win the game. Um, I'm gonna go with the upset here. Mm. I don't hate it. I'm glad I didn't. Good take pick, it, my but friend. Good <laughs> pick. Last time you said that, uh, Missouri got blown out. So yeah. Hey, I I like I like Herm. Uh, I think he'll have the uh, Sun Devils, um, oh, and they probably will have their spears. Their mythical powers. Yep, their mythical powers <laughs> ready. Uh, and I think, they, uh, I think they're ready for the upset. All right. I'm going to stay the safe bet here with Oregon. Oregon. All right, so TCU, Texas Christian going to Oklahoma. Oklahoma favored by 18. Sooners hot off that comeback win over Baylor. Over-unders at 65-and-a-half. I'm going Boomer sooner. I don't think there's – and I think uh, they pull away from this one pretty quick. Yeah, I think Oklahoma rides rides that uh, that comeback win all the way into the playoff. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Okay. Boomer sooner. The other Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, is going to West Virginia. Oklahoma State, the Cowboys, favored by seven. Over-unders at 60-and-a-half. This one's actually kind of tempting to go, but I just – that Chuba Hubbard is just so good – and this Oklahoma State offense, I think, is going to be way too much for the Mountaineers' defense. I got OK State covering. Well, West Virginia is the best team in the in the Big Twelve. Uh, for going off of UCF fans' logic here, um, they just they beat Kansas State, who, you know, obviously beat Oklahoma. So, <laughs> I'm I'm going to go with the with the should be favorite in West Virginia. That's okay. I don't I don't like that, but. Listen, for those of you listening, the transitive property does not apply to football <laughs> in sentence. It does in Orlando, Florida. No. <laughs> it it did. I think they I think they finally got put in their place a they, little bit. They're back to being Miami and uh, Florida fans. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Well, God, yeah. There's so many of those now. All of a sudden, there's so many. In, never mind. We're not. That's a whole nother. <laughs> JT, who you got? You got the Cowboys or do you got the Mountaineers? Um, I like West Virginia, man. What, what's going on over there? I think he's copying me. Man, no. all right. You know, I got I got a good buddy of mine that I went to school with, graduated with, and his son plays West Virginia. So, all this, right, we haven't we haven't had a West Virginia pick so far this season. Nope. And I'm hey, this one's for you, Bob Moore. Look at there, West Virginia. Shout out, Bob. All right, Kansas State, we just talked about them. Going to Texas Tech University, the Red Raiders, which I think is a cool name. 
Uh, Great-looking uniforms, too. The Red Raiders are favored by two and a half here. Uh, the overrunners at 54 and a half. Kansas State is, of course, ranked. Texas Tech is not. Um, so this is this is interesting, this one. This is the reason I picked it, because of the line, because of Kansas State and the fact they beat Oklahoma and then the fact that they haven't been god-awful this season. And Texas Tech, you just – I don't really know – you don't really know what you're going to get with them. So, JT, who, who you got? I'm going to let you go first. Uh – Man. And if I'm honest, I know very little about Texas Tech. So, I haven't been following. Yeah, I don't really know a lot about Texas Tech either. I hadn't really really followed them a whole lot. Um, Where are they playing? They're playing playing in in Texas Tech. Correct. Where is that? (laughs) Uh, Lubbock. Lubbock. Lubbock, yeah. Um, What time is the kickoff? It is a 7 p.m. Eastern time. Prime oh. time. Prime time on Fox Sports 1. <laughs> you know, give me the Red Raiders, right. man. Give me the Red Raiders for the upset. Statman. Okay, now, now a little bit looks like we're collaborating over here. Oh. I got a good buddy of mine that lives in Lubbock. Uh so you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put my pistols up on this one. <laughs> Y'all sound like Chip and Joanna Gaines on College Game Day past Saturday. The well, reasoning for picking watch that, so. well, the reasoning for picking a lot of the teams is like I know a guy who lives <laughs> in I know a guy who lives in Alabama, so we're gonna go with Auburn. <laughs> yeah, I you know yeah we I bought some pineapples from a dude down in Florida, so we're gonna pick the Gators. I don't know. They just that was the uh, logic uh, yeah. for picking a lot of the games. I would never, <laughs> never do the such. I love Chip and Joanna games, by the way. Fisher River. Yeah, really. that uh, you know, HGTV is like my go-to channel when nothing's on TV. Well, mine's so. Nat Geo. If I'm not watching football and sports, I'm watching National Geographic TV. I'm a huge Bear Grylls fan. I like his stuff. No, that's fake. It's not. F- you shut your mouth. So stage. <laughs> He's a national treasure, sir. Anyway. Uh, Boston College is going to Notre Dame, going on to South Bend. Notre Dame is favored by 20, over and under is 62 and a half. Any chance of an upset here? No, I don't think so, I man. Either. I I'm going to was. fight in Irish. Yeah, I think the Dome Yeah, I'm a, I, will, I will pick uh, Boston College to cover their part of the spread. But I, I think Notre Dame wins outright. Yeah, Notre Dame got it. I believe Notre Dame covers. Uh, I picked this one because of Luke Ford. Former Georgia tight end went back to uh, home to Illinois. Uh, so Illinois is going to Kinnick Stadium to face the Hawkeyes, fresh off of uh, their win over the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Iowa is favored by 14.5, over-unders at 46.5. I am going with Illinois. I'm picking the upset. Illinois has not they, – they haven't done uh, done very much since they beat Wisconsin. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go with Iowa. They're due for it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know Luke Ford personally. Um, so, I mean, I like Luke Ford. Yep. I think he's, I think he's a great kid who kind of got crapped on a little bit. Uh, but I'm gonna have to go with the Hawkeyes on this one. All right. Whatever. I'll stay over here in the undefeated section. And <laughs> finally, 
the 3.30 p.m. kickoff in Athens, Georgia, the classic city. The classic city canines hosting the Texas A&M Aggies out of College Stations, uh, Texas. UJ favored by 13.5 right now. Over and unders at 45.5. I, of course, am taking UGA, but with you guys' pick here, give me a score prediction as well. I'm saying 31-17, Georgia wins. Um. Yes, I'm picking the dogs. Yep. Um. But I don't know. I just hope we don't come out flat. That's that's the only thing that I'm concerned with. I don't. I, I don't think. I, I, think, I, don't that's, think uh... I don't think we will. No. I think they will be primed and ready like i said earlier i think they're on a mission so they're looking at bigger things um so i don't really think that they're going to come out flat and they're not going to you know say it, you know, we're going to take take say and them like a grain of salt um i think they're going to come in give it their give it their all uh, i'm going to say 2810 um is what i'm going to okay put out there I, my prediction here is that Texas A&M is going to score first, and it's going to put a sense of urgency into Georgia, and then they're going to answer the call. So you heard it um, here first, fellas. Yeah, I, I think this this is an opportunity that that Georgia has to possibly get another shutout. Oh, um, I'm not I'm not going to predict a shutout, but. I think they could if they if they really really wanted to and really put together a, a game plan to do that. Yeah. Um, I I will I will go with uh, I'll go with thirty one. I'll go with thirty one to ten. Um, I think I think uh, we we have some success running the football. Can't Up wait to see it. Can't wait to actually. see it. Yeah. All right, so we're all pretty close there with our with our store predictions. Uh, I'm pretty confident that Georgia's going to come out with a win here, even though I'm still nervous about Texas A&M. I do think they're dangerous. Um, but anyway, that's week 13. Can't wait to see it. Of course, after that, we go to Atlanta first for Georgia Tech, and then we go back to Atlanta for our matchup with LSU, which we're excited about. So, yeah, folks, and yep. me and Statman are trying to work on some tickets for that game. Oh, so yeah. So, if there's any listeners out there uh, <laughs> that, uh, you know, knows of anybody or would like to uh, send us a shout out on Twitter or something, you know, that may have some ideas on some tickets, uh, you know, give us a shout. Let them know. Because um, we would like to be in Atlanta and, and uh, be there for the party. That's right. And uh, we appreciate you guys for listening. We thank you so much. We're going to go ahead and sign off here. We're going to end the show on that. We had a great time, as we usually do. Of course, we'll be back uh, next week after um, week 13. We'll review our picks. And uh, hopefully Corey will be back with us. And uh, let's say bye to the people, folks. JT? Statman, what you got? Nope, Statman. Well, um, you guys like like to watch swimming in the olympics right oh yeah no 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 yeah man no. usa baby I'm usa good. i prefer the winter olympics but whatever 
Oh no, no. Uh, they don't have you can't swim in snow. So um if Michael Phelps was his own country, yep. He would rank number 35 on the all-time Olympic gold medal list ahead <laughs> of 97 different countries. Um That is fun. South and go dogs. Wow. Wow. You know, I kind of feel like uh like Corey, you know, trying to follow that up. Yeah. That was impressive. So, That's a cool stat, and I like the yeah. delivery. That was cool. Love, love the Olympics, man. Yeah. Love the Summer Olympics. I love everything. The swimming, diving. I, I, I love it all, man. Give and, me the winner, man. Bobsledding, curling. I mean. Hey. I, and I, hey, I like curling, too, now. Yeah. I, I Who do like doesn't? Winter, some of the winter sports. Curling is very – that's a very uh, strategic you know what? game. Maybe that's what we'll start podcasting about: curling, the heck with hey, college football. We might lose some listeners, but you know, <laughs> might be hard to find some too. Yeah. <laughs> we'd have to really learn that game to be hip on it. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Uh, I'll leave it with this, man. Uh, I hope we, like I said, I hope we don't come out flat. I don't think we are. I think we're uh, we're primed and ready. Uh, ready to take care of uh, the Aggies this weekend and uh, take care of the Bumblebees uh, the next weekend and then uh, on to Atlanta and take care of business there and let's uh, let's work our way right back into the playoff and get to the Natty. Um, I like our chances, uh, like our defense. Um, and, uh, I mean, what else can you say? But, uh, hey, go dogs and how about them effing dogs <laughs> what a time to be alive folks again thank you so much for listening and uh, we'll see you next time love and light god bless go dogs